Hey guys, what's up? It's Clay. Welcome back. Glad to have you. I thought today I would discuss some tips on how to become a healthier INFJ. So this is more for the INFJ people. If you don't know what an INFJ is, it is one of the 16 Myers-Briggs personality types. Often thought to be the rarest, but based on the latest data that's out there, it's actually maybe not the rarest. Maybe it's only the second or third rarest. So that's kind of funny. A lot of people seem to thrive on the fact that this INFJ or that they're part of this personality that is the rarest type. And it's almost like they associate rarity to how valuable it is. So yeah, lately I've been, I don't really know what to call it. I almost feel like I've been having a bit of a crisis of identity around all this personality stuff. And I've been asking myself the question, do I really want to slap this label on myself and like, you know, stand on a hill and like declare to the world that I'm an INFJ? You know, I think for me, I don't even know if I really like the idea of having a label, but I think in the past, maybe not so much anymore, it really helped me identify and sort a lot of things out in my own life. Like, who am I? Oh wait, there's a method to my madness. Like this INFJ personality really describes me to a very deep level and it, it helped me find some comfort that I wasn't really alone, so alone in the world. And so, you know, sometimes I question if I should keep doing it. Like sometimes I feel like, do I really have anything else to say? Maybe I've said everything I have to say. All that aside, let's jump into the topic. So this video is gonna be five tips to becoming a healthier INFJ. So maybe if you're already a super healthy INFJ, this will be old news to you. Chances are though, everybody's got something to work on, I think, I definitely do. I think in the past I was pretty unhealthy and there's still lots of things that I'm working on. So a lot of this stuff probably comes directly from the things that I still struggle with, things that I'm in the process of overcoming, and maybe things that I have overcome you know, but still still creep up now and then. I kind of wonder something. On that 16personalities.com website, they have the dash A or the dash T that they slap onto the end of the personalities. So there's the dash T for turbulent, dash A for assertive. It kind of seems to me like it's almost a bit like healthy and unhealthy. The more turbulent you are, really, I think what it really is is the more unhealthy you are in the personality. Um, when I first did the test, I was very turbulent for the record. Um, and the more assertive you are, it's like almost like the more confident you are, the more assured of yourself, you have like self-confidence. That's kind of my thought about it is, you know, if I had to like summarize those two things, maybe it's a little more complicated than that. So maybe this video is more for the turbulent INFJs, but let's be honest. If you're like turbulent, you're probably the type that's out here watching videos, right? If you're like super confident, you're super assertive and you don't really need any help in the world, you're probably not looking up Myers-Briggs videos, right? All right, so the first tip on how to become a healthier INFJ, something that I've talked about before on this channel, I'm gonna try to summarize it into a more concise thing here, and that is learning to separate your self-worth from the opinions of others. So right off the bat, something that everybody should probably do. Certain personalities seem to struggle with this more than others. It's like this people-pleasing thing, AKA codependency. Nobody wants to admit they're codependent, but what is codependency at its core? It's, it's wrapping your self-worth 
in the opinions of others or in the identity of others. If this person's doing well, then you're doing well. If they're doing poorly, you're doing poorly. It's almost like you can't separate your worth. So if you are sort of on the spectrum of turbulent INFJ or maybe struggling with some depression or having a bit of a rough time, it seems to me that many people in that situation walk around feeling quite useless. INFJs they have this like tendency towards worthlessness. And I've even heard other personalities talk about it. Like, why, why does this person feel so worthless? How can I help them, right? Definitely something I've struggled with. It's just like, it's like my greatest fear is that I'm actually a terrible person and one day everybody will figure it out, right? I just walk around feeling like a bad person when I'm, when I'm down. I'm not saying all the time. It's something I've struggled with. So, you know, why is that? Why, why do we walk around feeling worthless and depressed? And, I mean, I think it might have something to do with a lot of us feel very misunderstood. Maybe we feel unlistened to. Maybe we don't have people in our lives that we really are connecting with on a deep level. And I think INFJs do crave that connection. We want to find somebody who understands us. So INFJs, introverted sensing inferior function. INTJs also have this. We want to give people a good experience. It's kind of a side effect of that function. We want to give people a good experience. The other thing is INFJs have extroverted feeling as the second function. Extroverted feeling craves social harmony. It makes decisions off of other people's likes, values, wants. So we're very in tune with what everybody else wants from us. Um, we want to, you know, and we have this tendency to make our decisions to please these people. And so if we take this too far, we can become people pleasers. And a side effect of that is, you know, you might end up overanalyzing conversations. Like, have you ever had a conversation and then the next day or maybe even just a few hours later, you're sitting there and you're analyzing all the things you said and been like, oh, maybe I should have said this differently. I hope they didn't take that wrong. And and you can kind of go down this train of overthinking or maybe you reread your emails over and over and, and maybe you open up your sent items. I mean, this is something I have done. I do. I'll open up my sent items and reread the emails I've sent, right? I'm like looking, it's like I'm looking for reassurance that I didn't screw that email up and offend this person. So like I said, all this stuff can be healthy or unhealthy. If it's taken too far, it goes down the path towards codependency where you're you're finding your value in the opinions of others. If people are happy with you, you feel okay about yourself. Or if people are unhappy with you, it's like you feel like a horrible person. So to become a healthy INFJ, you need to go through this process where you find your value in yourself. You need to remember that you are smart, you are capable, you have something of value to offer the world. If people are unhappy with you, then you need to recognize that that doesn't mean anything about you, actually. That could mean more about them than it does about you. You know, many people don't struggle with this at all, um, but I think many INFJs do. You know, there's proper boundaries that are all wrapped around in this. Don't let people take advantage of you. If somebody treats you poorly, you have to have the self-confidence to call that out. That wasn't okay, what you said. Um, how do you get this confidence? I mean, it's harder than it sounds, and it takes practice. It almost takes practice doing what you want to do and having some people unhappy with you, and then in that process, you kind of become more comfortable 
with not everybody being happy with you all the time. You know, it's one thing that INFPs do really well. They have this introverted feeling dominant function. They find their value. They have their values. They have their feelings. They kind of know who they are. They have this really strong identity. And I think one thing that INFJs need to work towards is trying to adopt some of those traits, work on that stuff. It's a, it's a weakness, but if you work on your weaknesses, sometimes they can actually become strengths. So remember that. You are strong, you are capable. It's actually something I say to my daughter often when I drop her up at school because she struggles with some of this stuff. I say, you are strong, you are capable, you are smart, and people like you. Just remember that. People really like you. You are a kind, you know, honest, generous person. Don't ever slide down into that feeling that you're not okay just because somebody maybe is upset with you or you have a little bit of a, a fight with somebody. Just remember that. All right, so number two kind of goes along with number one, but a little different, and that is to give yourself a break about past mistakes. So with myself, sometimes I can get into this mode where I just start thinking about all these decisions I've made in my past that I, I could have made differently, things I could have done better, and I really start to beat myself up. You know, like, why did I do that? Like, am I stupid? It seems like a stupid person would have made that decision. And then I start to wonder, well, maybe I'm just stupid. Part of giving yourself a break is to realize that in the past, you made the best decision that you could have given the information you had. Now you have new information, maybe you would have done something different. But you didn't have that information back then. And, you know, you can go watch my video on free will. I kind of dive into this a little more. But, you know, my question is, could anything have ever been different? If you would replay that part of your life over and over a million times, the information that you had in that moment wouldn't change. And as a result, I feel like the decision you made wouldn't change. And it might actually be an impossibility for you to even hope or wish that you could have done something different. All you can do is move forward with the new information that you have right now. So right now, I have some new information. I can make a better decision going forward. Maybe I need to apologize to somebody. But to sit there and wish that you could have done it different is actually pointless. I guess it's kind of like that quote, hindsight is twenty twenty. When you're looking back, you can see, you know, perfectly. So here's something to remember. We are all works in progress. We're all like pieces of art. We're like a half done painting. And part of the artistic process is making mistakes and fixing them. Um, there's no art that's just done perfectly. You know, everything is imperfect. And you are also imperfect. You're not supposed to be perfect. I think that's something to remember. I think a lot of us INFJs, we start to beat ourselves up because we weren't perfect. And now we're like, oh, we must be worthless. Well, you're not supposed to be perfect. So give yourself a break. Forget about your past. Move forward. Make the best decisions you can starting now. So the third tip I want to mention here is learning to trust your intuition while also verifying things with external data. The dominant function of the INFJ is introverted intuition, as you may know. Also the same with INTJs. So intuition is a really amazing process, I think. It sort of takes all this information out there and kind of sifts it down to these conclusions. It's like putting puzzle pieces together. And INFJs and INTJs use this to 
kind of come up with these theories or it's like we have all these sort of like loose abstract theories about everything. We're like, well, you know, this, all these sort of things are all connecting for me and creating this picture. And I, I think that's what's going on. If they're asked to explain it, it's hard to explain. It's almost like these things kind of form on their own behind the scenes in our brains. And I think to move forward to a healthy INFJ, you will then start to prove these things. It's almost like you have a hunch, so now you take the next step and use logic or collecting data to kind of verify these perceptions. So I think a more turbulent INFJ will kind of stop there and just assume their intuition is right, assume their intuition is true. And quite often it is, right? Like intuition's an amazing process, but it's not always correct. I think the times where intuition can go wrong is where it starts to make these sort of suspicious theories. And I, I kind of wonder if INFJs and INTJs are kind of susceptible in some cases to kind of like conspiracy stuff. And it might not be true. You know, it might be true, right? Lots of conspiracy theories are based in some kind of reality and turn out to be right. Lots of them aren't though. Right? Like, I'm sure you can think of lots of examples of people who really believe something. Um, they have no real reason or data to kind of support it, and they kind of shut off their brain. And so that's what I'm trying to avoid in myself. And I think a healthy INFJ will move in this direction. If you use your intuition to come to some kind of a conclusion, you will then use your logic, because INFJs are very logical. We have introverted thinking in our third spot. And if you develop that, you can become a very good thinker. You know, a lot of the videos, they kind of focus on the F a little too hard, I think. INFJs are so empathetic and they're so feeling and they're just all about people. And, and you know, I think there's some truth to that, but I think at our core, INFJs are intellectuals. This introverted thinking in that child position, the third position, combined with that introverted intuition, those two functions kind of combine to create an amazing thinker. We want things to make sense. We, we want to work out that logical conclusion so that it makes sense. And one thing for myself is I get very bothered when people present things that don't make sense. It's like that doesn't logically conclude from that premise that you provided. However, I think one place that INFJs can go wrong is in the area of extroverted thinking. So INTJs have extroverted thinking. That makes them very good at collecting facts, data, rationality that kind of exists outside themselves. Say, hey, what does this expert think about this topic? If an INFJ is able to use their introverted intuition, introverted thinking, to come to these logical conclusions and then move past that to externally verifying that with facts, data, rationality. I honestly believe that INFJ can almost become unstoppable in the area of, of becoming like an intellectual. Of course, INFJs will never be able to drop that focus they have towards people, society, culture, the, in, the betterment of the community sort of at the core of all INFJs, this idealist kind of thing. But what I want to say is if you can learn to research and learn to verify your theories, you can actually become unstoppable as an INFJ. I'll say one more thing about this. 
sometimes intuition is wrong. And as you start to look into something and verify your, your intuitions, you might realize that maybe you were wrong or maybe you were missing some information. Maybe now you got some new information and you come to a different conclusion. I think it's really important to learn to admit that you were wrong. Sometimes INFJs can be quite stubborn and they'll dig in their heels and kind of like die on the hill, right? Learn to admit you were wrong. Separate your self-worth from your ego and your need to be right. And I think that uh, that can really help move you towards a much more healthy state. So number four is learning to accept people even if you think they are wrong or uneducated or misguided or indoctrinated. So like I said in the last thing, INFJs use their introverted intuition and their introverted thinking to analyze things. And INFJs are very good at analyzing and then using their introverted intuition to look at all the patterns. I think at our core, it's like we are analyzers. Most INFJs, I mean, I think we, at least me, and, and other INFJs that I know, I mean, I don't personally know really on a deep level a lot of INFJs, but it seems like all the INFJs I know want things to make sense. They want people to make sense. And it bothers me a lot when people say things that just clearly aren't true. I think it takes a lot of patience on my end and a lot of effort, I guess, to not point this out as I see it. Somebody says something, I just wanna say, that doesn't make sense because of X, Y, and Z. It's actually very hard for me just to be like, just sit there and accept that this person is wrong and I'm not likely to change their mind. Um, this is something I'm still really working on. Can I just sit there and listen to somebody else be wrong or to say ignorant stuff without having this like internal conflict about, I need to set this, this right. I need to inform this person so that they stop thinking this way. So Lexi, my girlfriend Lexi, maybe you have seen her on a previous video. We did that other video. Um, she also massively struggles with this. Uh, you know, it's quite often where I'll walk into the room and she's just like typing furiously and she's having some internet argument or internet discussion on some comment thread. And, you know, it's funny because we both know that it's probably pointless, but yet we still do it. It's like we want to convince people. We want to educate them. But what I've, you know, you know, the problem is, is that how often does it really work? Not very often. It's like telling people anything rarely works. It's like people have to come to their own conclusions. And so I've been asking the question lately, like how do I facilitate somebody coming to their own conclusion? And that there's a quote, and it might even be Jay-Z. I think it goes something like, I wish you insight so that you can see for yourself. So something I try to remember is that people aren't driven by logic and rationality. I mean, that much is very clear. So me coming along with my logical thinking and trying to show them logically why, you know, what they said doesn't make sense, it, it does nothing, is <laughs> what I've realized. And I think one problem with INFJs is we can be very critical and judgmental if we're not careful. And we can come across that way to a lot of people. And almost like, I know that's maybe probably is something I struggle with. And maybe the way that people perceive me or maybe 
probably still, I, I'm really working on it, but they probably perceive me as being a little critical in certain situations because, you know, when I get into that argumentative stage and I'm defending something or we're having an argument, uh, you know, hypocrisy really bothers me. If somebody is being hypocritical, sometimes I'll point that out and that comes across judgmental. So I've been trying to get that in check and kind of accept people for who they are. Accept them for their flaws and understand that changing somebody's mind isn't something that I can just do in a sitting. It is a long-term thing. It's a very delicate process. So of course, I'm not really condoning people-pleasing here. If someone's mistreating you or you know, abusing you in some way, or there's like some kind of toxicity going on, I'm not saying you should just accept them for who they are. You know, proper boundaries are vital. You know, definitely don't let somebody treat you poorly. So as an example, let's say a raccoon comes up, knocks over your garbage and eats some garbage. It's not like you sit there and be like, that was a bad, that was a, that's a bad raccoon. It, it's not like a moral issue, I guess is what I'm saying, or an ethical thing. It's just what raccoons do. Raccoons knock over your garbage and try to eat your garbage. That's why it's your responsibility to kind of cover your garbage or lock it up or whatever you have to do to make sure that they don't do it. You're smarter than the raccoon, so it's almost your responsibility to combat their nature or to maybe accommodate their nature. Maybe that's a bad example comparing people to raccoons, I'm not sure. But the point is, it's almost like with human beings, we get this thing of like, that's wrong, that's, that, you're, a, you know, you're a bad person. And you see a lot of that in culture, right? People painting groups of people or people, individuals, you know, as bad people. And then once a person is canceled, essentially, you know, now we don't listen to a word they say because everything they say is useless. I don't know, I've been trying to look at it differently and just expect people to be irrational. And then when they are, I'm not surprised. People think they're rational, but they're often not. And you know, I'm not saying that I'm any different. I, I'm acting based on all the information I have my information might be wrong. I've got, I've got my own childhood traumas, you know, that I have all these coping mechanisms and I have all these things I'm trying to figure out and I might react poorly. I wanna be rational, but maybe I'm not all the time. I'm definitely not. Other people are also like that. I don't know, I've been reading stoicism a little bit lately and sort of just how to accept things. It's like radical acceptance rather than being so offended all the time that things aren't the way they should be. I think a lot of the idealist personalities get caught up in that. It's like we feel that something should be a certain way. These people should act differently. The world should be different. But what would it be like if we just accepted it and took a breath? Anyway, I suspect that that process, which is something I'm still working on tremendously, is taking a step towards a more healthy state rather than just being in this constant stressed out stage like, oh, this person and this uh, judgment, and you're like analyzing everything and you're figuring out what's going on and how to fix everything, right? It's like this world fixer attitude. So that idea there kind of brings me into the next topic, number five, which is learn to bring yourself down to earth. Learn to take yourself out of the abstract and more into the concrete. 
So certain personalities are really good at being in the moment and doing concrete things. You know, the guardian personalities, which I did a whole video on the guardians. They're very good at concrete things. And if you're trying to have a conversation with them and using all kinds of abstract ideas and concepts, you'll know what I'm talking about because they kind of glaze over and they're like, you know, what are you talking about? Like, can we bring this down to reality? I think we need to practice just being more concrete and practical. It's sort of one of those things, working on your weaknesses, right? I mean, I know certain people that are just so caught up in the abstract, they just, they're just almost, they can't get anything done. It's like they sit inside their house, they have all these ideas. Maybe these aren't necessarily INFJs, but I know quite a few people who are quite intelligent. They have all these ideas, but yet they can't get anything done. I think one thing about INFJs is we are amazing at finishing things once we start, or at least I know I am. Um, Lexi is the same way. We're like freight trains once we start projects because we just like the feeling of finishing. But sometimes we don't have as easy of a time starting it in the first place. I think perfectionism has a lot to do with this. So we feel like we're not ready or we don't know enough or we haven't prepared or, um, you know, it's like, oh, I can't do this 100%. So I'm not even going to start. I think we have this feeling like that we need to change the world. We need to fix stuff. There's all these problems and we need to improve it somehow. You know, we, we see all the pain and the suffering and we're like, well, you know, we want to fix that. I mean, I, I know I definitely feel that. I'm saying that most of us are trying to do too much. We're trying to fix too much. We want to fix too much. It's sort of like that quote, and I might be paraphrasing this, but it's like, you can't carpet the world, but you can wear slippers. I think a lot of INFJs are trying to carpet the whole world. I'm saying that we need to focus on what we can change. So look around at the world. Look around at your community. Look around at your friends. I mean, it's hard enough to change even a single person. Have you ever tried to change a single person? It's hard but yet people think they're gonna change the world. I think we're taking this too big, is what I'm saying. Anyway guys, hopefully those five tips were helpful for somebody. If you have any questions or comments, put those below. If you have any other topics surrounding this, you know, or any questions, feel free to leave me a comment below or you can leave an audio question as well, link in the description of the YouTube video. Anyway, thanks, have a great day, see ya.